this week on Invasion of the Podcast, the Snyder Cut is really long. Will we stray away from talking about Death Stranding? And does Steve know his planes, trains, and automobiles? We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of the attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where I try to take over the world one listener at a time. Uh, I, I am Paul, and on my left, as always, Steve. Hello, everyone. And thanks again to Terry coming on the show last week, talking about some blood sport. That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that film. I enjoyed the conversation. Um, yeah, so thanks to him coming on. It was it was a lot of fun. And, and none of us uh, fought to the death, surprisingly. Well, not during the show. Not during the show. The Afterwards, he's not here yeah, yeah. Well, Terry did kill me, and now Steve's avenging me um, by just gr- like grabbing people and throwing them out of the ring and not actually fighting, like uh, like Ogre did. Um, so yeah, hope everybody had a good holiday. Uh, like I had, um, I had five days off, like in total, and it, I inadvertently to the thing where I end up like having stuff planned most of those days. So it was great, but didn't feel like i had five days off yeah yeah so anyway so how was your holiday uh i mean thanksgiving was thanksgiving you know uh we did some traveling ate some food came back home watched some uh mystery science theater for turkey day and uh called it kind of a a day on uh black friday we did go out but not until like three o'clock in the afternoon okay um we went to tarjay uh, because there were some good deals there. Uh, speaking of deals, I uh, I picked up uh, a couple of well, like three Blu-rays actually. Oh, nice! So they had uh, the animated Batman Gotham by Gas Gaslight for six dollars. Okay. Uh, Blu-ray. They had the animated Batman Hush uh, Blu-ray uh, for six dollars, and then they had Shazam on uh, blu-ray for nine dollars oh the the most recent yeah, Shaz- live like, action shazam yeah. I, I still have not watched that so i uh i was like oh 21 bucks i'm like that's a pretty good deal for three movies i'll pick these up and then saturday i, I have still not watched shazam but then hbo made shazam their movie of the week it- and i'm like Ah, I could have tested this before buying it. So, but the good news is now I have access because I have HBO. So I didn't yeah. realize that. So now I will watch Shazam. Maybe like I want to. <laughs> I, I've been wanting to see this thing since it was in the theater. I just didn't yeah. get to it. And everybody's been telling me like because people come to me like, have you seen Shazam? Like, like I'm some kind of like just because I like superhero films doesn't mean I go to all of them. Yeah. But people have been saying that was really great. So I'm excited for yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't heard anybody say anything too bad about that film. So. Uh, I mean, in comparison to other DC films, it, it's coming off as being supposedly one of the more fun ones. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm eager to, to get into that. Um, and then uh, Saturday, I did something. Don't remember what. Um, oh, I... <laughs> I mean, is that your alibi? Like, if someone comes knocking, they're like, hey, where were you that Saturday? I don't remember. Like... Uh, I ended up... Uh, putting up our Christmas lights, and uh, we went to uh, 
my uh, partner Ryan Cassandy's house. It was his birthday, so I went over there for a little bit. Uh, it was a pretty relaxing Saturday, and then Sunday was Genghis Khan. So, okay, so how was Genghis Khan? Genghis, Genghis Khan was a good show. Um, we uh, had some interest, which is nice. Uh, sometimes you never know how it's going to go at a just a regular comic book show like with horror at least we're sort of along with other people who are selling similar wares so you get just people who are into horror so they're more interested in in trying out your book um but yeah we actually had some some pretty decent sales and uh sold some books sold some pins um so overall good show um I didn't get to walk around very much, unfortunately, mm-hmm. so I didn't get to see it from the other perspective. But uh, for us, it was a good show. Good, good. I, I, I just, I was a piece of shit this weekend. Didn't go out much, but then I had plans. So let, let me rephrase. I um, did go out a lot, not against my will. It's just that, like, I had it segmented, and I'm like, now I'm not going out at this time. I'll do this later. Like that's where I kind of was. Like, like there's just times where I'm like, like, uh, like you'd ask me if I was going to that Black Friday sale, like, um, for Carol John's comics here in Cleveland, and I was like, normally I would, but I'm like, you know. Not not today. Like it was just one of those things where I was like, I had nothing planned for Friday, so I'm like, I'm good just being like, just a stinking hobo pile on the couch after Thanksgiving and just doing nothing, you know, for a minute. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I, nobody that I knew was going, so I decided to opt out of it. So I ended oh, up staying home. So now I feel bad. Like yeah, you should have. Yeah, it was my fault. Really, I, uh, I'm codependent. I need people to go with me. <laughs> no, it was just one of those things where I was like, well, no one's going, so. I don't want to go by myself, so I'll just. That's fair. Uh, so I, I will say this for our Thanksgiving, we had like a Friendsgiving, had people over, and it was one of those things where, uh, you know, we didn't really have anything planned other than like, you know, people coming over, had some like food available, some drinks. Uh, it, but so we do the thing that we end up doing is which just turns on YouTube and just start watching videos because that's the world we live in now. Someone made a, an offhand comment about the Star Wars Christmas special, and I was like, oh, really? And, and they said something about how they'd never seen it, and I'm like, oh, okay. So I put on the Star Wars Christmas special and punish it, them. Oh yeah, uh, it was it was great because they're like like half the people in the room had never seen it before, and every time something happened, they're like, "We have questions." I'm like, "No, no, 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 just keep watching." Um, <laughs> and so mercifully, we only got about halfway through. Then more people kept showing up, and it was like you didn't want to start over again. You know, it was just, but it was great because the the Harvey Corman like alien uh, like cook skit bit whatever playing like the julia child type yeah it's just there was just so much like just like confusion and slight anger towards everything going on <laughs> that i was like that's about in line with everything so i've you know so thankfully you didn't make it over for friendsgiving because yeah. you would have been you would have probably like like kicked the tv down or like throw like you would have pulled like the the, the power outside the house and be like sorry guys no electricity <laughs> like gotta I guess, go i guess we have to watch sausage party on this day oh gosh yeah <laughs> did i talk about that on the show yes. okay yeah oh my gosh yeah so that that was uh that was the thanksgiving it was fun um but uh, yeah, I mean, I ended up going to a, a concert with a buddy of mine on Sunday. Uh, it was a band. Uh, it was a group. I had never heard of before. Uh, I don't expect you to have heard of them, uh, Steve. It's a, it's a it's a, a younger uh, person's game. Uh, it's a band called Brockhampton, and it's like six guys that are all rappers that were all met on a Kanye West message board and decided okay. to make their own like group. 
and it was fu- it was a fun show. I could understand anything that was being said, not because it's just the way you go to a live show. Some if you don't know the song, sometimes you'll just not know the song. You know, like you won't get you won't glean new information. Like you have to listen to something. Because I'm sure you've seen bands where it's like maybe the 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 mix isn't the best, but you're like you know the song, so you know what's being said. Yeah, I did not, and I, I'm okay. I, I'm not like mad about it. It's just like it was a like fun upbeat show. You know, like I'm sure the lyrics were great. Couldn't tell you, uh, but <laughs> I just I remember at one point just texting my friend while we're there, and I just said I was like these guys should be called the Rap Street Boys. Like I kept like making because they're like a boy band, but like of rappers, and it was like it was, and they're all wearing like um the balls like like the like orange like like day glow orange ones and it kept making me think of that conan o'brien skit where he put together the boy band the the was it dudes dudes of plenty plenty yeah (laughs) it kept making me think of that so it was a fun show i wasn't the oldest person at the agora but i know that i was on like you know the upper end there like this was it was uh you know unfamiliar water so it was a lot of good people watching i'll just say that Mm, so yeah so that was that was my weekend then um you know, obviously, uh, Steve was worried I was playing Overwatch. That he wasn't worried that I was playing Overwatch. I had to let the world know that I was still playing you Overwatch. You hadn't posted about it in a while. Well, you, you know why? Because they removed Facebook integration off of PlayStation 4, so I can't automatically link to Facebook. Oh, so no. now I have to link to Twitter and then to link and then share the Twitter to Facebook. Was it because of PlayStation's political views? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I really don't. I, I, there's something. like I don't know why. they. Just, there has to be a reason why they removed the functionality, but it's like... Uh, well, it still links to Twitter, so I uh, my Twitter account, which I've not used in, like, I don't know, a couple of years, if you look at it now, it's, like, me drunkenly tweeting at celebrities, and then just, like, six videos now Overwatch. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> it makes no sense. So, um, yeah, that was uh, that was my, my five days. They won't remove uh, fake news stories, but they will remove PlayStation feed. Yeah, I, like I, d- I don't understand that. Yeah, I, I think it was Sony's decision, not Facebook's decision. Let's we'll <laughs> put it that way. So, yeah, that was... Um that, that was my weekend. But real quick to get, talk about Thanksgiving a little bit. You said you went and had food and all that. So you had turkey. Yes. Are you a white meat fan or a dark meat fan? I'm a white meat. Okay. Me too. Like, I think dark meat is just disgusting. I mean, it's fine. It's just... <laughs> I don't know. I would prefer white meat. I, I, don't I just, that was like, like, I don't know. I, I, it's one of those things that like you people have an opinion, you know? And, yeah. and it's funny cause you will see people that get really like adamant so here's about the it. Thing. Like I'll eat dark meat once it's gone. Like white meat's gone. Oh, okay. So like, I'll still eat it, but if I have my choice, I'm eating the white meat. Turkey. I just, I just think like dark meat turkey as a leftover is disgusting. <laughs> Something about it, it just doesn't like. I, I don't mind leftovers. I just don't like turkey leftovers. No, I, I feel, okay. I just, I don't know what it is. I guess maybe because it never heats up right because it gets dry and all that. But yeah, uh, so we did we did turkey sliders this year. So it was just like deli turkey meat and like King Hawaiian rolls and like everything. And it was and Mary baked them in the oven. They were amazing. So that was good. Uh, what I did do, I, I did I slow cooked a ham uh, for like six hours with like uh, monk fruit extract. You're gonna be like, what's that? It's a sugar substitute. That's um, it's almost like brown sugar. The one I had, I just packed this handful of this stuff and like three cans of Coke Zero and let it sit for like six hours. Amazing. Oh wow! Like fall off the bone, delicious. So interesting. There you go. Who'd have thought? Just like soda and some fake sugar and a ham and like 
a pot for not a pot, but like a bucket for six hours would taste good, you know. But it didn't. So, I mean, a bucket that is a slow cooker, not just a bucket. But yeah. <laughs> it's sitting in this mob bucket. Yeah, I just I just hours. had this sitting out in the sun. It's fine right now. So, yeah. All right. So that was that was the holiday. Um, and that and Steve Steve bought a bunch of movies, and I you know I ate him. That's all you can really hope for, right? So, uh, yeah. Um, let's. We should also say we did. We mentioned Death Stranding at the very beginning of the intro, and it's funny because we were talking about Shazam, and it's like, well, we haven't seen it. So and I was going to make the joke. We never talk about anything on the show that we've not, we're not familiar with. Well, we're going to be talking about. <laughs> Uh, Death Stranding today it is the, the the new game that's come out from Kojima Studios. That's on that's a PlayStation exclusive. Um, it I have my reasons for bringing it up to Steve, other than other than to torture him with more video game stuff. Uh, we'll get there when we get there. So just if you guys were to call me out for being like, but Paul, you have not played the game. This is fair. Steve now owns it and loves it. That's not true. Uh, but there's a reason why I wanted to bring this up as a topic. So hopefully when we get there, you guys will bear with us. I think there's a point to it. I usually have the best of intentions with points to things. Sure. Doesn't always go that way. Um, then I got a game at the end that is uh, kind, of, it's kind of Thanksgiving-ish themed. I know it's a little late for that, but everything's been all over the place. We'll have fun. So teasing the rest of the show before we get there. That's what that's what professionals do, right? They just, no? I don't know. I don't know. What I, don't, I don't know either. <laughs> Please tell us, professionals. Yeah, what well, do? yeah. What do you guys do? But now we're just going to go to some news like professionals. everyone so before we get to news proper steve i know you listen to other podcasts like because you know like i i know you you just don't want to hear the sound of your own voice in your ears as you do things uh there is a podcast out there called how did this get played it's kind of like a take on how did this get made mm-hmm. and it's just like it's just comedians they're talking about like the worst games made and they bring guests on i haven't listened to the series until today because you tell me the problem here they were covering the Atari 2600 game Custer's Revenge. Do you know that game? Are you familiar with it? Wow, I have you heard the title? No, I'm I'm honestly surprised because I feel like I'm. It, it was a it was a game produced for the 2600 system that was not Atari licensed. It was produced by a company called Mystique, and they put a lot of like like gross like X rated like uh, Atari games like available for people to buy. Like, uh, and the Custer's Revenge is it's a game of General Custer like trying to get across this field of arrows to get to a native American woman tied to like a stake so he can like accost her. And that's the goal of the game. Right. Okay. I thought you were familiar with it. That's why I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and by cost the word rape, let's just not, let's not kid around. It's just, it's terrible. Right. So the show, uh, how the ET game goes as well. Pretty much. No. Um, but the the ET game's way more racist. I don't know how they did that. No. Uh, (laughs) um, so, the the show decided for their Thanksgiving episode to cover Custer's Revenge, and they brought on a friend who happens to be a Native American, like who is a comic and a screenwriter in Hollywood. Okay. Tell me the problem with this. I mean, uh, I. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I'm just going to sit here and keep making noises like, ah, ah, I mean, so the only reason I mentioned this, cause like, I, I don't, I don't always venture out to too many other podcasts, but I'm like, I have to listen to this episode cause it's been getting, it's been getting some buzz because he 
the gentleman, um, the the comedian that they brought on, uh, he said that whenever they asked him to do this, he said he struggled with himself internally for like a week. He's like, he's like, I was going through like a Rocky montage. If that was just me yelling at myself in the car is the way he wrote about it. Cause he didn't, he, 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 he likes the people that asked him to be on and he's, you know, that, that's all part of this. Like, you know, it's in LA. So all the comedians all, you know, it's a, there's a group, not a group, but there's, you know, people, a right? Community. A community. That's the word I was looking for. And so, he, you know, gets in there and, and like about halfway through the episode when they start talking about the game of proper and it's like, well, what's your perspective? And he was like, seriously, like he was like, guys think like you brought me on because I'm a Native American, not because I'm a comedian during your Thanksgiving episode to talk about a game saying, you know, where Custer, you know, rapes a Native American woman. He's like, what perspective do you think I'd have on this? <laughs> and he's like. It's bad. That's a bad thing. Like, you know, it just, and he takes him to task and just, just, I, I know there's things I see on here that probably, so there's some stuff I say it's tone deaf and there's, there's probably positions I'm not informed in that I need to be brought, you know, like I need to have a cultured conversation about an enlightened conversation about just things that need to be made apparent to me. I don't know if I would have made that call to book a show like that. Right. That's that's all. So I just assumed that when you brought it up that it was like, oh, he knows what he's going in for, so like he's probably got material on it. Well, or, that's like, why he we first started talking about. He's like, guys, this is not a bit. Here's what I'm like, you know, what's going on? Like, so he just straight up told them, and he 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 wrote to them like two days before, saying, hey, I know this is a comedy podcast, but I am going to, you know, I have a serious thing I want to talk about. They did not know the severity of the seriousness that he was going to bring to them. So he did warn them. It wasn't like, you know, he was trying to kibosh the whole thing. But, oh, I didn't take it that way. Yeah. I just meant that like them bringing him on was a sense of like him saying like, Oh, I have a take on this. I'd like to be on. No, not the other way. No, around, no, no, no. It yeah. Being like their idea to bring him on. Yeah, that was, yeah. So I, I just mentioned the professional thing. I was like, I, you know, Steve and I, you know, we don't always uh, hit the mark. I just don't know if we would ever swing and miss that hard on something and now someone's gonna be like paul uh episode whatever i'm like oh no it's like, it's, <laughs> like, it's it, it me no um so anyway that's yeah, not a, i mean i i take occasional you know uh, political pot shots but like I, nothing that i would say should deter someone from listening to us or that is completely tone deaf so yeah i just it would i don't know it would just be like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Eli's hostel, and on and while we have it on here, is a friend that we know that happened to survive, like a uh, you know Eli an, Roth marathon. A, you know, that someone <laughs> that someone actually stayed overseas, you know, in like a low cost hotel, and that was accosted and, and like ripped apart. You know, we want their perspective on this. Like, it would right. be like, what is going on? And and probably even the example I'm giving is terrible. You know, but um, no, I, you know, I understand where you're. Yeah, going. I mean, when we talk about death stranding, we are going to have a baby in a jar. Uh, in the in the studio, we're gonna get his perspective. Um, no, that's not true. Um, so anyway, news that's not that. I just want to bring it up. You guys should go check out that podcast because the the discussion. Because when the guy says everything, there's like you could there's there's a moment of silence, and it's like and and credit to the to the the hosts. They you know they own up to it in the sense of like they don't try to backpedal. They're like, you know what? We didn't consider this. Like there's a really good conversation and it doesn't like take away from, you know, like they actually have an honest conversation about it. Uh, so yeah, if you guys want to hear, if you want to hear like a bomb drop, <laughs> like silence for a minute, that's the, that's the podcast to listen to. And they talk about video games. So anyway, neither here nor there. So lighter note, 
Uh, Zack Snyder supposedly showed an image of his Snyder cut of Justice League on, um, oh, what is this? This is, it's not Instagram, but it's like a video service that he's a big part of. Is it Twitch? It's not Twitch. It is, where is it at? Um, it doesn't matter, I guess. But he he posts videos on this site all the time. Um, and let's see here. Oh, Vero is the name of the thing. But supposedly someone actually grabbed um, an image of it put on instagram and so it shows it shows canisters of film and supposedly as steve was pointing out before we start recording that the minute count on this is 214 minutes which is three hours and 34 minutes long um the justice league film that's in theaters comes in at like a little over it doesn't it comes in under two hours right like um it might have been two plus change but it wasn't i don't think it got anywhere near three hours yeah so um, I don't think this can be the finished cut of the film. You know, I, I'm right. sure there had to been, you know, anytime you, they, they shoot these big movies, I'm sure there's plenty of other things going on around it. But that just makes you, I don't, like you were, you were saying before we started recording, you're like, I don't think I could sit through a three and a half hour Snyder Justice League film. And you had a good reason for why you, you, you said that. Um so what was that reason? I'm going to put you on the spot again. So it's just that the only reason that movie would be three and a half hours long is because you didn't properly introduce those characters in their own universe first before you threw them all together and then tried to make them into a team. Yeah. I mean, you you saw um, Justice League. It's uh, my first show. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and, and and our talk about it was three and a half hours long. No, uh, <laughs> there were like, but you still not seen Batman versus Superman. No. And which fine uh, but my point is that like that movie was over long because they kept trying to shoehorn in other things like that was leading up to the justice league yeah i mean i know that they shoehorn in the death of superman and doomsday and i guess wonder woman's the bright spot in that movie considering that her movie's really good i guess that makes sense yeah and then there's this tease of like cyborg from the future warning bruce wayne about something and then the flash as well like there's all these weird things that happen yeah. and it's like and then none of it really comes to pass in Justice League, the film. And relating to our topic this evening, I guess it also has a plot point invo- involving a jar of urine. <laughs> I only know that oh, I that, think from the honest trailers. That, that's true. Uh, there is a piss joke in, in that uh, as well. From the criminal mastermind of Lex Luthor, uh, Jesse Eisenberg. So, yeah, there you go. But... I just I, I believe that Snyder's just trolling people at this point because people are like we, we got to release the Snyder cut and it's like I you know he's showing film canisters I'm sure there's a lot of film in there I'm sure effects work isn't processed like we talked about this previously with, with the Comic Con thing where everyone's like release the Snyder cut it's like I'm sure there's a lot of like raw footage in there and a lot and there's probably a lot that wasn't part of the the final theatrical release of the film. I don't know what you do with it, but I feel like Snyder is just kind of, I think he's just kind of like stoking the fire and being like, yeah, that's here. You guys want to see it? Nope. Like, so uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to, to say this because I, I'm going to touch upon two things that I know that you really like. So uh, when I say this, I don't mean it as an attack on these two things, but um, over the weekend uh, at Genghis Khan, just during general conversation, Myself and Ryan Cassandy started talking about the film The Black Hole, because I just recently watched that over the weekend. Forgot to leave that out. Uh, or I left that out during my weekend talk. Because um, you knew specifically be talking about it right now. No, Black Hole is... Uh, wow. Um, it's it's dry, boring, and uh, not all that visually arresting. So um, it's 
it's not a great movie. Um, I wanted to like it. I really did. But um, And that was Disney at the time trying to chase Star Wars. That's the thing that seems so weird to me was, is, is like, this is them trying to chase Star Wars, and it's so far from Star Wars other than, like, a, a, a robot who kind of makes some pithy comments. <laughs> like, there's nothing else that screams Star Wars to me. Um, but that's neither here nor there. We were talking about that, and that led into a discussion about... Um, somehow Blade Runner and Tron and that led into a discussion about like making sequels for those films you know that you know there seemed to be a call for those movies to have sequels made to them and then they came out and people were like oh nobody really went and saw these you know I know that Tron did pretty well I don't think it did as well as they wanted to that's correct yeah um same with um you know, they, yeah. Blade Runner, they like two hundred million dollars, and it, it didn't do very well, right? It, 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 yeah, it did. It, it underperformed, which again, considering the first film underperformed at the box office, I don't know. So yeah. while over the years there has been a loud call for these films to get you know more material or sequels, you know, out into the wild, once they hit, they underperform, and I can't help but feel like this Justice League. There's a call for it, and then it comes out, and then nobody wants it. Like, I kind of feel like, A, I just kind of wish they would release it so that people stop talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that includes us. Um, but we would probably have to sit down <laughs> and endure three and a half hours of the Snyder Cut to talk about it. But um, I don't know. I, I What they didn't show is that one middle canister was nothing but slow motion footage that if you played at regular speed, it's probably like 15 minutes, you know? It's just, uh, you know, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name now, the kid who plays The Flash. Uh, oh, uh, Ezra. Um, Ezra Miller. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say, it's just him on a treadmill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I don't really know if if the fervor for this Snyder Cut is really as big as people, or at least the internet news media is making it out to be. I, so, yes, I agree with that. Um, I, the thing I think about now though, is with Joker making bank and DC. Now you get the vibe that they're digitally put in, uh, Joaquin. Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking actually. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, um, sure. Uh, no, um, he'll, he'll become, um, that's, they'll make him Superman. No, I, so just with, with Warner brothers, DC getting like this mixed message of like, Dark makes money, but then like Shazam made money. Wonder Woman made money. Wonder Woman 84 is coming out next year. And I, I think it's going to be, I mean, I have all faith. That's going to be awesome. Right. So not that I'm saying that DC has to have everything in a certain mold. They don't, but it makes me wonder if they're like, well, if people want this and if this is what kind of strikes big, maybe that's something they could put resources into. I don't know. I think part of it is that DC doesn't understand its own characters. I mean, I'm being perfectly honest when I say that. Um, El Goro had recently put up on his page uh, a, a tweet from um, Neil Gaiman uh, regarding a story that said, you know, Warners doesn't know how to make Superman relevant in t- today's times. Neil Gaiman's response was, you don't have to make him relevant. You just have to make him insp- inspirational. Yeah. And uh, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's basically true. You've got a template from 1978 that you can use. You have literally hours of animated series that you can watch. Like, dark isn't bad. You can do a dark Joker movie. You can you can do a dark Batman movie. But you also have to understand the characters that you have 
and what makes them special. You know, it's it's the reason that Iron Man is different from Thor. The reason why Thor is different from Captain America. Those movies all work together, but they're all different tones. Yeah. Um, you know, they all have, you know, senses of, of comedy throughout them. But, you know, they're not the same thing over and over again. And I I hope that DC sits back and really looks at what their characters truly are and wh- what makes them special as opposed to, like, Joker made a lot of money, so... You know, let's let's make Batman an R-rated. Let's make you know, I don't know. Well, let's make Brightburn, but really with Superman. Like I just—he's <laughs> yeah. alienated. He doesn't understand people. People don't understand him. It's so not Superman, or at least not a Superman I want to watch. That's fair. So, uh, yeah, the Snyder Cut may or may never come out. We'll see. I'm sure there'll still be more. More talk of this as it goes along. So anyway, I just thought good of you to bring that up. Also, I'm glad you brought up the Superman, you know, not being relevant today. That should have been probably our lead with that because I remember you talking about that on Facebook. And yeah, you're right. I don't know if there's a guidance for these characters, especially Superman. Like your reference that you talked about was that you weren't a big Captain America fan. Yeah. But now because of the films. Kind of in my top three now. Yeah. And because they they got what made that character work, regardless of if they had to tweak the setting and everything a little bit. And it got me to go back and read comics that I hadn't picked up before. Yeah. So, so all right. Uh, enough about that. I'm sure we'll get more into um, uh, Zack Snyder stuff, which, brief aside, because uh, this is what I'm doing so far, nothing to do with Snyder, but, and Steve, I know you've not, not watched it yet, but Watchmen is amazing. Okay. Yeah. Um, just because he did the, the film, which I still like the film a great deal. Um, but there were seven episodes into this nine episode season, and I just, I don't know where it's going. And that's the best possible thing to say about it. It's great. You know, it's interesting because uh, that was one that I, I was like, oh, I'm just going to wait and take the temperature on it. And it does seem to be very, like, well regarded. Yeah. Um, it could have been a just complete trash fire. And it's, it, it's, it's not. It's, it's amazing. It's like that. Um, and, uh, Castle Rock season two, and I'm waiting till that one completely finishes because I liked Castle Rock until we got to the end of the first season, <laughs> but, uh, I am interested in watching the second wait, season. Yeah. Wait, wait. You're so you're telling me that the first season of Castle Rock was interesting until they're like, wait, we only have two episodes left. We don't, we have to, this has, it's over now. Like it was just like, that was, they're like, shit, there's an ending, I guess. But those, those are the two things that I <laughs> I set out to not watch because I'm like I'm just gonna wait and see what yeah temperatures I, are. On I've it. been kind of hesitant about Castle Rock season two because I, the first half of that season one was great, and then it just I don't know it got dumb. Like it, just, <laughs> it built interesting characters and then just didn't know what to do. With nope. Them after that. You know, and uh, so, yeah. All right. Um, next thing here, this isn't really a story, but as of this recording on December 4th, uh, it's national cookie day today. Ooh, I yeah. should have had some cookies. Yeah. So I was just going to ask you, what is your go-to cookie? Like I, I will go with uh shop bot cookie. Like if you go to the store, what's your go-to cookie? Oreo. Oh, there you go. Uh, so Oreos are... They are say, they the number one? I don't know. It just says the world's top-selling cookie is Oreo. With over $2 billion worth of Oreo cookies were sold worldwide in 2016. You know what's weird is, is I'll get like Oreos. I'll maybe sometimes get some Chips Ahoy. I almost never buy like the Keebler Elf cookies anymore. Like I remember having them all the time when I was a kid. But like yeah. your, uh, um, I don't know, Fudge The E.L. Fudge. Yeah. yeah. The, 
Uh, I'll do the double stuffed EL fudge. Like those are great. Um, I don't think I've had those. And then yeah, the fudge sticks. Uh, but they never really come into my brain when I'm looking at cookies. It's just always like <laughs> Oreos or Chips Ahoy, and then I'm done. Do you do like a the the, the specialty Oreos? Uh, I have in the past, but usually it's just like Oreos are really a they're really one of those things that you just can't mess with. It's like oh, here's watermelon Oreos, and you're like, who made this? <laughs> Who is this for? I, I the red velvet ones I liked a lot. I'm, okay, that I'm a one re- makes sense. I'm a red velvet like guy though. Oh, so. here's bubblegum Oreos. Who wants that? <laughs> hey everybody, check out this A1 steak sauce Oreo. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, great. Now it's going to be stuck in my teeth forever, and it's kind of <laughs> smoky. That's what I was hoping for. Um, yeah, Oreos are good. Uh, the the chips Ahoy. Like, I like getting like um like. The, the the bigger ones um i also the um oh what are the, the soft um the soft ones uh, not chips ahoy but the easy soft bake soft bake those are great yeah i just really want cookies right now is all it comes down to <laughs> um someone did bring cookies over for thanksgiving and i had some of them so it's something i try to keep away from me right. just because they will kill me but you know it's i i don't i love it like anytime i go down the aisle and i'm always like i miss my friends like it's just like <laughs> I will like I miss at, you the most, yeah, Mr. Oreo. Yeah, like at your Halloween party, someone brought homemade uh, chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, those are my wife's mom. I had one of them, and they were amazing. Yeah, you know, and I, I just had one. Um, but or yeah, my mother-in-law. I don't know my wife's mom. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyways, it's National Cookie Day. You guys should go uh, enjoy a cookie. Um, my my snack of choice, though. I think we talked about this on the show. I always like I, my default's Little Debbie. I don't always just go for cookies. So, and I, after I tell after I just told you my struggles with Little Debbie, how I shouldn't have it, I went and like I ate like half a box of cherry cordials. It was like, <laughs> but it was almost like that like that call of a werewolf where it was just like I was just pacing around the house. Something was going to happen. You know, just pulling out like the collar of my shirt, being like, "Either I'm going to murder a villager, or I'm going to eat some cherry cordials." <laughs> and for everyone's safety, you chose the uh, yeah. Weirdly enough, I got cordial. naked too, just like an American woman <laughs> in London before it happened. Uh, I didn't change; I just got more comfortable. Like, no, uh, so yeah, that that I, that's not something I meant to get into tonight. But yeah, anyway, that that happened. So last story here before we get into our main topic. Um, so just because the headline I liked uh, was man too intoxicated to work his steak and shake shift rob place instead <laughs> so was he not worried about i don't know anybody identifying him yeah, so police in georgia say a man called uh called out of his steak and shake job because he was uh, intoxicated so he called out saying he was too drunk to, to work um and then he showed up anyway and demanded money while holding a co-worker, co-worker at gunpoint oh my god that's bad no doubt right so he um yeah he held a gun to his head asked for money so here's the part I thought was funny about this. The police uh, say responding officers arrived to see employees running from the business. That makes sense. Yeah. Which had customers at the time. There is no mention in the article about what the customers did during this. So my argument is they knew it was steak and shake. They knew what they were getting into. You know, like, you know, just give me give me my Frisco melt. That's what I asked for. Like, the guy has a gun. Cool. Like, that's great. He wants money. I will give you money later, but I want my Frisco melt. <laughs> It's interesting. I don't know why this is, but it's like where my wife's parents, again, my wife's parents, my in-laws, when they come up to see us, that's where we end up for some reason is Steak and Shake. And I don't know why. Um, yeah. I The the den of, of crime, that is. I would uh, like to imagine that if I was still waiting on my uh, 
my sliders or uh, whatever I normally get it. Uh, your, uh, your chili five way. My yeah, my <laughs> my fries with cheese on it, which is really just like a piece of American cheese on top of it. It feels no, like. It's, like it's like a melted cheese, right? Yeah. Like okay, all right. But uh, yeah, I would like to believe that whatever they ser- are serving me, whatever I've ordered while I'm there, is not enough to keep me in said <laughs> restaurant until. You know, well, have you noticed? Like, well, I mean, the one that's closest to us. What well, actually? There's probably one open near you where you live. The yeah, one that's, the, it is very close. It's like literally like three minutes away. So, so. you could do a take home a sack after you leave here and go get like you know, and then hopefully there won't be a like you know a robbery while you're there. The the one near um uh near nearest to us, like they clearly had like the um the footage meter like you know like three foot four foot five foot like you'd walk through the door so you could identify people entering and exiting uh, like yeah. it's like you're like oh well that's not, that's not a sign of confidence in a restaurant if they immediately can just identify your height for intents of like you know identifying you for criminal purposes you know so and that's the same place too i think i talked about this a few months ago when we when my wife were in there were ordering food and the person took our order and then there was a really long pause and another person came out saying yeah they quit <laughs> I don't think you told that. Oh, story. I didn't tell you that. I, 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 That's amazing. Yeah, though. we were just there ordering food, and the lady like she took our order, and then there, there was just a long time. I'm like, okay, well, this is not inappropriate for steak and shake, but I'm like, come on. And then the other person came out and said, uh, yeah, your server just went in the back and clocked out and left. And I'm like, well, can we still get food? Like, and like, <laughs> yeah, and, they're, and they're, like they were surprised, like that we weren't like what? It was just more like I just we're it's the steak and shake. I get it. Like if they like it had been like a Denny's where it's like, hey, I'm sorry. While while your you know your server took your order, they went out and then um you know they just dug themselves their own grave and fell in it. We don't know what happened. Anyway, would you like your moons over my hammy? I'd like yes. Like I wouldn't care. You know like. I've it's, had jobs that I've wanted to do that at. I've never had the ball. No, I, I wish. No, I there there were times in my life where I wish I would have just walked back, clocked out, and just got my car and never came back. <laughs> so you would you might ask like, did you get anything comped because your server quit halfway through the meal? Well, that's their problem. That yeah, that, I agree. Uh, but they gave us one side of fries on the house. Ooh, we still had to pay for everything else. A value so. of forty nine cents. Yeah, so. We won their steak and shake. So anyway, um, yeah, I you know just getting drunk trying to rob a steak and shake, and and it seems like the customers were not bothered by that. So I like finding weird fast food stories. Like, I mean, uh, how drunk would you have to be though? I don't know. This guy has a history of doing dumb dumb criminal things. So just like right in line, right? So anyway, all right, um, yeah. Like this would be the part where it's like, so Steve, what place would you have to be drunk enough to go rob? Like, I don't know. Like, what would that be? Like, you know, I think Little Caesars had a lot, a lot of cash on hand. Especially after the the five dollar hot and ready's run its course for the day. Did I ever tell you my uh, my bacon story uh, with uh, the bacon crust pizza at? Uh, no, actually, Little I think Caesar's. you may have told me this, but please, I, I don't remember this specifically. So it was just it was it was absolutely horrific trying to get um, this pizza, and the short of it is is that like I put in my order, I went and stood back, and I watched people consistently get orders in front of me. <laughs> And then, like, the lady, because the thing is, is that I was getting that and I was getting my wife a specialty pizza because uh, she's a vegetarian, so I was getting her something else. And apparently that somehow screwed up the cogs. I waited, like, a half hour, and they can see me standing there. (laughs) Like, they know that I'm... 
And finally, it was like, I've been here a while, and everybody's been served, like, multiple times over um, their pizzas. I'm like, is there something going on? And they're like, oh, we forgot about your order. I'll get it for you. And I'm like, how long is that going to take? She's like, probably another 10 minutes. I was like, just give me my money back. And I, I left. But oh, like, wow. It was like a busy Friday night, and, like, it was crazy. Those people were like, you made crust out of bacon? It got me into a Little Caesar, so, you know, what can I say? They... It worked, but well, to a point, to a point. But yeah, I just, I remember just being so disappointed. I was like, I didn't get my pizza, and I wasted a half hour of time. Awesome. <laughs> well, that's that's a sad story, and uh, you know, it's not as interesting to anyone else listening. No, I thought me, I thought that was entertaining. And sad. My Friday. There's a lesson to be learned there. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, maybe don't go like actively waiting for Little Caesars. Just hope it's there when you show up and grab the box and, and leave. Because Little Caesars has a lifespan of like six minutes. I literally do think it, it should teach you just to get the hot and readies because uh, like there's no other reason to go. Yeah. Just get the hot and ready and then like make sure you eat it within like 10 minutes of getting it or else it just becomes uh, almost inedible. Um, do you know that, that sorry, live skit, the almost pizza skit? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's what that feels like where it's like, oh, well, if it was pizza, they could call pizza, but it's almost pizza. You know? <laughs> all right. So, all right. Enough about news. Um, that took some, some turns. So let's just get into our discussion of Death Stranding. And now for our feature presentation. Presenting the Cones of Dunshire, a brand new gaming experience. Eight to 12 players, two wizards, a maverick, the arbiter, two warriors, a corporal, and a ledgerman. Now, the ledgerman just keeps score, and he wears this hat. Oh, boy. So, Steve made a reference to the Facebook page, <laughs> his Facebook page today to the Cones of Dunshire from uh, Parks and Rec about his experience of trying to uh, dig in to Death Stranding, and I thought that would be appropriate to uh, to play. I am apparently a dinosaur, um, <laughs> but it just seemed overly complicated. <laughs> it just, it really did. It was so, like, every time I would dig a little deeper in, I'd be like, why is this a thing suddenly? <laughs> so, okay, like I so said, here, here um, here's the admission. Uh, I do play a lot of video games uh, still. Like, I, I know I play Overwatch a great, great amount to the point of where it's it's a problem, but damn it, I'm going to keep playing. I, I, I was at a Friendsgiving on Saturday and, I, and, and uh, with Terry, and he was like, hey, you know, our, our friend over there, the one that was hosting the party, she's like, she, she plays video games. I'm like, hey, what do you play? She's like, Overwatch. I'm like, really? And it was almost like, it was almost like that bit of like, I just slide right over without moving and being like, oh, we're going to talk now. And she's trying, she's trying to fix food in the kitchen, and I'm just like drunk talking about Overwatch. But anyway, Death Boss is amazing. Did you know that? Yeah, came yeah, from yeah. West yeah. I was just like, did you know that? Uh, that Bastion, he's just made of dicks. That's all I kept saying. Anyway, um, people that play Overwatch would appreciate that. Steve does not get that. There's a robot that's just a jerk. That if someone plays him, there's a bag of dicks. There's your, there's your moral of the story. Um, so I've not played Death Stranding. Steve has not played Death Stranding. That is not why. Sorry, go ahead. You, you did no, play no, it. no. I you can finish that thought. Yeah. I just I have something relating to the tre- tweet you sent me that I want to talk about. Yes. Before we actually get into the heart of the game. Yeah. Because no. No. Absolutely. You're no, making no, no, the no, point yeah. that neither of us played the game. Yeah. It's my point. Yeah. It's a, Okay, yes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. You, and I apologize. I broke in. Um, very rarely do I have an aha moment. Um, no, uh, the tweet that you sent me was from a journalist from 
Edge magazine, is that correct? Yeah, it's it's one a, game, a gaming publication, yeah. Okay. Um, and the tweet basically read, there's no review of Death Stranding in the next issue of Edge because the embargo insisted we finish the game before we could review it. Print deadline was a factor. But we ran out of enthusiasm long before we ran out of time. So with that tweet, there I started going down the rabbit hole of reading the replies. And there were a lot of people who were pointing out, like, there are things that I do at my job that I don't like, but I do them. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I understand that, but this is a video game. And whether you realize it or not, that's actually their review. Yeah. Yeah, you no, th- so you're you right. You don't have yeah. to like it, but the point that I'm making is that <laughs> they're saying that like their review is essentially, we didn't finish this game because we lost enthusiasm playing it. Yeah. But it, it becomes this whole, like, and I guess this is everything on Twitter, so... I mean, you could post a picture of kitties, and you would get like thirty responses on why kitties are evil. Like, it's just Twitter. Yeah, I understand. Speaking as a dog person, how dare you? (laughs) Right. Yeah. No. So, so yes, that I sent you that tweet because so the the, what I was trying, what I was getting to, other than talking about a robot being a bag of dicks, uh, was that has nothing to do with Death Stranding. It might. I don't know. It's a Deo Kojima. Could very well do it. Um, This game came out um, like a couple weeks ago. Um, to it's been anticipated for a while because Hideo Kojima is the 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 mastermind behind the Metal Gear series, uh, which is you know what thirty years like from like uh, the Famicom, which is the Nintendo, all the way through until the most recent one, which was called the Phantom Pain, that was for PlayStation Four, and then Kojima and Konami uh, had a, like a bad breakup, and so he started Kojima Studios, and so he's a visionary game maker. Um, to say that the Metal Gear, Metal Gear series, which I didn't have Steve read into, uh, is a through line plot that makes sense all the time and it gets, you know, it's not true. It gets a little weird, gets a little like, um, there's a lot of like, uh, fourth wall breaking humor. Like it gets all over the place, but people liked it because the gameplay solid and the world building was crazy. So when Kojima's like, I'm working on this new game called death stranding and they kept seeing these teasers of, um, Norman Reedus, uh, you know, from The Walking Dead being in this and like this like spectral stuff going on and um, uh, Guillermo del Toro holding a baby. Like, but it's just like people had questions and it was mm-hmm. like, this is going to get weird. Right. So um, why I brought this to Steve to look at is that you read that tweet. Um, this game is very divisive. Uh, and I feel like watching what we watched and reading what we read, I don't, I, I'm not going to comment on like whether or not I'm going to play the game. I'm probably not, not because I have like an extra grind with this game. It's just that I know me and I know I play overwatch too much and I know I have a stack of other games I've not gotten to. So this thing really isn't on my radar. So I'm not going to go pay the $60 to force myself to have that experience. With that being said, though, this is like a 60-hour game that the main gameplay hook of it is Norman Reedus is a guy who is basically a courier across a um, like America that's been screwed up, delivering packages from one city to the next. And that is the bulk of the game. Yes. 60 hours. So I guess the point that I wanted to make first yes. was, was just that, um, you know, that tweet, like... We haven't played the game. This is not a review. So I wanted to make that clear. Yes. I was pointing out that they're kind of giving you a review by saying that they couldn't finish the game because they were bored with it. But I don't want to really talk about – or I don't want to – we can't really talk about, because since neither of us have played it, what the actual gameplay is like 
With that in mind, though, when you say that it's a 60-hour game, you're saying that there's 60 hours of content, but it may not take you – it may take you more than 60 hours to complete the or game, less. correct? So, but I, but I want to piggyback on this guy's tweet because I like the other comments that he, he attached to this. He said, first, like you said, there's no review of Death Stranding in this issue because the, they had to finish it in order to, to for the embargo. He said, put it this way. We probably won't be reviewing it in the following issue either. And then he said, or put it this way. I told my wife this morning that Death Stranding reviews were out. And she said, oh, is that the game about backpacks that you hated? And then he said – said edge uh three three nine on sale next thursday has a four page preview based on 40 hours of death stranding there is no numbers at the end so like he yeah so when we talk about gameplay and in terms of time of gameplay generally people will refer to like the length of the campaign meaning you start the game and if you don't do like side quests and like little whatever that's how long it takes you to finish the game i mean technically in my world and again i'm bringing it back to last week's episode but um, you know, Mike Tyson's Punch Out is a 33 year old <laughs> gameplay. Yeah, because I still have not finished it. I've not beaten Mike Tyson, so technically, uh, I don't know how many hours that works out to be. But so so far, because of people reporting back, um, they say it's between 40 to 50 hours. Uh, it's still meaning that if you played this game and understood what you were doing the entire time, and that's that's key, right? And you understand the mechanics, and you don't noodle around and, and do whatever. You could you could finish this if you got up Monday through Friday and played it eight hours straight. You could potentially finish the game. So here's here's my next question. Yeah. And I, I realize I'm kind of taking us adrift right off the beginning. You're you're a strand in a way. But um, when you sit down to play a video game, um. How long do you give it before you're like, I don't like this because either the controls don't work the way you would like it to, or um, not even not even the story. I'm just saying that like there's something in the game that you're like the there's something about this that I don't like. Whether it be the the way the controls work, uh, the fact that maybe your power is way too low, or your health isn't you know yeah. you're like this is impossible to get through. It's incredibly hard. I'm done. I'm not going to waste time on this. Like, how far do you go? Like, it's it's that's a good question. So I feel like it it, it honestly depends I had one upon one good question. No, yeah, the market guys. <laughs> um, there you go. No, um, it it really this is the funny thing. It depends on the amount of of money I've put into it. Like so. Um, meaning that with the different gaming systems I have, um, there's these online services that go alongside it with like PlayStation, it's PlayStation plus and with Xbox, it's, uh, it's, um, Xbox gold. Wait, 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 Qu- quick question. Yeah. PlayStation plus. Is that like the newest platform? I thought four was the latest no, four. One. Four is the system plus is the subscription service. So you can have access oh, okay, to okay. PlayStation plus. And what that means is, uh, a lot of the games with online, uh, components, you have to have PlayStation plus to use so like when i play overwatch overwatch is an online multiplayer shooter game that you can't play it by itself you have to have a connectivity with a, like a network Are like you paying a monthly subscription for this yearly okay. um so the other benefits too for playstation plus and this is what i'm gonna get to it xbox game with gold games with gold uh or say xbox gold uh is that you pay yearly for it or you can play monthly whatever people do <clears throat> it's usually cheaper to pay per year um Every every month they'll put out something called games uh, or sorry PlayStation Plus will do their plus membership games meaning uh, they'll put out two games for PlayStation Four 
well, games that already exist, uh, and they'll make them free for that month to download. And you can keep them forever in your library and download them whenever you want. The only caveat is, is one, if you sub out of PlayStation Plus, you can't access them, but you get all these free games, right? So, like, um, but the games can vary. Like, uh, um, the game coming out this month, one of the two, is a game called Titanfall 2, which I know Steve doesn't know anything about. But it came out, like, a year or so ago, uh, and it's a, it was a big title. A big title. So it wasn't like, these aren't like cast off like garbage games that they're like, here, good luck with, you know, um, Lee Trevino's putting challenge or whatever. Like they're legitimately good games for the most part. Like you get some oddball stuff here and there. So I might download, download Titanfall two and play it for a minute and be like, that was okay. But if it doesn't hook me, I'm just going to leave it. Cause I'm like, eh, I downloaded it for free. What's up? That type of thing. So if it's a game that I kind of put money into, I'll probably give it a more of an opportunity. With that being said, my gaming habits now are shit in terms of like I have games like the the last game I finished all the way through was the Spider-Man game that came out last year. Um, and it's because my, my wife got it for me for my birthday and it's Spider-Man and I got really into it. But it's like she did pay 60 bucks for it. So it wasn't like I'm going to let that sit for five years and never touch it, you know. So it varies. Um, there are games that I wanted to like and get frustrated with, or there's games that I'm already halfway through where I'm like, I'm just going to finish this and be done with it. So it really depends. It's probably the same thing I'd say to you of like, you, you know, a TV series, like how far do you get a TV series for you drop off? It's probably varies, right? Yeah. I mean, it does vary sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I was going to, I don't want to diverse, I, I don't want to take it away from video games. No, no, so no, no, I, the, I feel the, the, like, I'm just trying to bring it like, so point of reference. No, so you do, it, but I, I knew where I was going to go with that. And then I was like, that's going to take us in a whole other direction. So and I don't want the other side of that too, so. is a game I'll mention that came out last year that I was super excited for. And I want to get back to, and that's if, if there's a tombstone with, with my name, it's going to be like, like, I'll finish that. That's, it's going to be like, I never will like, but that's wh- actually a great epitaph. Like, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll finish that. I'll get to it. You know, that's always like my but your thing. tombstone has to be like half built. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, and, and the sentence isn't even completed on it. Like, it's just like, uh, Paul Sta. I'll get to, you know, like that's what it's going to be. Right. So, uh, Red Dead Redemption two came out last year and I played probably about like five six hours worth of it and that game is absolutely huge and uh in terms of scope and size and everything else and i know i will love that game i just know that i have to be in the right mindset to immerse myself in for hours at a time in it to get the reward out of it people will probably tell me but paul you're talking about death stranding isn't that the same thing no like i so um but also part of it too for the way i approach video gaming is that I, you know, the older I get, the more there's times where I want to pick and choose my in-depth experiences, right? And the time commitment. So something like Overwatch, I'm like, yeah, I could play that for a little bit. And I end up sinking four hours in and it's bad. But the matches are like, none of them usually go past 10 minutes. So I can, and there's no, like, it's easy to kind of keep resetting and going and playing over and over and over again versus something where, like, I know that I have, I, I have to, you know, if I don't play this game for three hours straight, I'm not going to have any type of progress. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like what I'm saying? Uh, so, so yeah, something like, but the reason I was bringing Death Stranding up is because the main conceit of the game is your character is this guy. Who, it's not just taking things from point A to point B. It's load management where you have to stack all the stuff on your back. And then it actually becomes an issue of physically balancing yourself 
walking from location to location. There are other modes of travel that happen later. However, the one review I read, and the one I sent to you, that was from IGN from Australia, said that there's like a nice gameplay feel. Like the first 10 hours are a slog, which that to me is, I don't like the notion that spend 10 hours with the game for it to finally get my attention. They said then it comes into a comfortable gameplay loop of actually having some combat, some other stuff, and then the game purposely takes that away from you and then makes it even harder to traverse mountains and stuff. And I'm like, what's the point of this? You know, that's like, that's my frustration with the idea of this. And so the reason I brought it to you, Steve is, uh, well, one, cause I know Kojima stuff's weird. So I'm sure you get questions about like, why is everybody crying? Why, why are there ghosts? Why is that a baby attached to a dude? I actually didn't mind that. I thought that that stuff was all interesting. Yeah. But it just kept getting more and more like things being added. It was like, oh, and by the way, the rain ages things. And you're like, wait, why? But there's a baby <laughs> attached to you. Okay, great. But why? why? Yeah. Um, you know, and the baby can see ghosts. And if, oh, you, okay. if you kill somebody, they become a bomb. Wait, why? Like, it's just... <laughs> It was questions upon questions. And being weird for weird's sake is not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, I still don't know why a raccoon suit makes you fly in Mario Brothers. But you That's know, fair. I, I don't really think about it in that way. It's completely, you know, it's 30 years ago. And, you know, storytelling is quite different now in video games. But, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I accept things for what they are in the sense that, like, the villains are are ghosts that only this baby can warn you of, or, um, you know, uh, if you, the game basically sets it up so that like you try not to kill people, and it, it sets up um, different ways for you to help other players, even though you're not actually interacting with them. Yeah, um, there are a lot of things that I just I'm like, okay, that makes sense, but like it gets to a point where I'm like, why is it getting progressively more complicated in its storytelling? Not complicated storytelling is not always a good thing sometimes there is something to be said for things being simpler i guess we'll put it that way yeah so then so the challenge of that though and and i'm not an expert in this is that so again if you have a game that takes 40 to 50 hours to complete there's going to be long stretches that are gameplay related right so you, you take that out but there's also ways to get story across while you're playing a game it doesn't seem like this game does that. This game wants to sit you down and go through these really long cutscenes, which that's a Kojima specialty. I yeah. do have to ask this. Yeah. Cutscenes, are those just the exposition? Because I keep hearing cutscenes, I think of a film where I'm like, oh, they cut that out for time. Oh, no, a cutscene is like when, when you generally you as a player get the action taken away from you and you're forced to watch like a scene. See, I just always call those like, you know, exposition spots or interstitials like yeah you know, no that, that, that's i mean the, the, old games had those like ninja gaiden once you completed a, a level you know there was a three minute little thing about and then like, and they, that's what people refer to as a cutscene. Yeah. yeah but I, I never knew that that was no, called yeah, a cutscene. Um, so i'll also give you an example too when we talked about god of war last year or yeah it was last year uh they purposely made that game to where maybe you brought that up last time and i completely no 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 no. they purposely made that game to where there was no cutscenes. like if there was like you like there was times where the the camera the scene was taken but it was taken away from you but it would never cut to something else like there was stuff that was delivered to you dialogue wise so it was a cutscene, but it never shifted the camera stayed with kratos the entire time through that entire game but i will say with uh god of war i almost said game of war uh with god of war I never, in all of my research, ever felt like it was becoming 
overly complicated for the sake of being complicated. The Mythos got that way, but the gameplay never did. Um, and like you, you keep world building and you keep folding on things. I get that to a degree. With this, um, what what that you spoke to earlier, and this is what I wanted to kind of get to, was um, you said when you're reading online where someone was like, yeah, but you go to your job and there's things you don't like there. And you're like, but this is a game. This is supposed to be entertainment. So this is the question when it comes to something like Death Stranding. There's people out there that I've been reading that I believe legitimately love this type of like stoic kind of going out being like, I'm just, I'm just a postman. I'm Norman Reedus. I'm I'm a badass. I'm going to carry a thousand things on my back and purposely, you know, I'm going to carry basically a game of Jenga, human sized Jenga on my back and walk across terrain and manage my left and right balance with the, with the, you know, the controller, which sounds like a nightmare to me to play a game like that. Uh, some people like that loop. Cool. And this is a triple a title. And Steve, what I mean by triple a is like, this is like the big budget. This is like, you know, this is a tentpole like thing that Sony's like putting out there. Like this isn't, this isn't just some little independent game that was made like with like a staff of three that is a unique idea. This is big money that went into this because it's Hideo Kojima. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be like it would be like the Christopher Nolan after the Dark Knight trilogy was like you get to make your own movie, and he made Inception, which was crazy and great, right? But it had been like, yeah, what if I just made a movie about a guy carrying shit for six hours and he fell over sometimes? People were like, what are we doing here? You know. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. It's like, by the way, there are ghosts. Okay, well, you have my attention sometimes. You know? <laughs> um, so that's what I'm getting to is like, if something, and I get, so there's the notion of video game of something called grinding, which is not nearly as sexy as it sounds, where there are times where you as a character will have to, depending upon the game, if they've also kind of failed you in terms of progression, meaning you're not strong enough until you move to past a certain point or you want to get a certain item, you will grind that level or that area doing the same thing over and over again. World of Warcraft is the king of the grind, and I, I love World of Warcraft, I'd, so I, maybe I'm a hypocrite, but this whole game feels like it's just the grind. And Mm -hmm. I don't know where the joy is in that. And I don't know if it's fair for the general audience to see this game with this really weird trailer where you got Yamato Toro holding a baby. You got, you know, the guy from the walking dead, you see monster cans all over the place. You see cool stuff. Why didn't they let Guillermo del Toro do his own voice work? (laughs) I know. I wish. That would have been great. Ah, you have a baby. That's great. <laughs> I don't know. That was not Gail Mordotero, but uh, Closer I Closer than that the was. voice of the game, yeah. right? Um, so, um... There'd be I, more I, swearing, too. I, I think, I think the, the <laughs> world building, yeah, and the mystique of Kojima is what people will be like, yeah, I want this. This looks cool. And it's like, wait, I'm just carrying shit? Like, I don't know... I don't know where the line of fairness is for the consumer for that commitment because someone could tell me well you know art is what you make of it. art is what you put into it you know because people are arguing this is art i'm not denying that right but it would be like forcing me to sit in, in a, like a, um, a museum and be like you're going to stare at this this for 10 hours and then we're going to tell you a little bit more like mm-hmm. i don't know where the, also, that you talk about gameplay in terms of the game being 40, 50 hours. What if I really suck at walking and carrying things and I don't get very far? Like, where's that 10 hour gate? You See, know, that's the thing. I feel like uh, that's why I asked you, like, how long you give a game because I feel like I would throw the controller down after 15 minutes and be like, screw this. Yeah. 
Like I, I that's me because I'm, I I have very little patience for that. But like if. If it doesn't hook me right away, I don't know that I'm... And if it just seems like, oh, this might be an interesting game, but I have to do this with the controller for, like, you know, another 10 hours to do to get to the next level, I'm, I'm, I don't know that I'm going to have the, the fortitude of patience to stay and play that game. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, I'm not saying that games, experience, games as experiences as art are not unwarranted and not welcome. So my so my favorite games of all time are ones that are very much like you you need to kind of get in the headspace and get into it like and 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 I, these are titles Steve does not know I'm talking about but there's a game out there called Shadow of the Colossus that's amazing but it's also it has some action elements to it so you actually have exploration and you go do things. People would argue Death Stranding is probably that too. I don't know, but uh, there like and that was the game Shadow of the Colossus, the one that Roger Debert was trying to argue that like games aren't art. And someone's like, "What about this?" He's like, "Okay, I'll, maybe I'll give you that one." But I, I just don't know where the goodwill is. Of like, I guess that's what I'm running up against is like, this is a game that you have to pay sixty dollars for. That like, you're you're making a commitment with your time and money. Fair, fair enough. But are is it fair? How do I phrase this? You're, you're, you know, you're sitting in your office developing this game. It's like, people are going to really like this. Like, like, and pe- but whether or not they like it, they're going to want to stick around and see how the story plays out because it's Kojima. It's going to get weird. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's fair. And like, I, so I have all kinds of conflicting thoughts running through my head. Um, first, I just want to, you know, the idea of what's art and what isn't. It's really an argument that I just, I'm tired of um, in the sense of, you know, art is subjective. So maybe it's not art to you, but it is art to someone else. So yeah. I'm I'm never one to like, and I mean, yeah, in my younger days, I looked at a lot of abstract art and I was like, anybody can do that, you know? And I, I had a very uneducated, uneducated view of art at that time. And I was probably, I don't know, in my teens. I'm sure I made plenty of offhanded, crappy remarks when I was in art school. I, I, this, yes, it's hard, art. We're just going to leave it at that. We're going to call it, it's art. Because <laughs> uh, I, I don't actually have anything to dispute there. I, I think it is art. Where it comes into play, though, for me, is is the idea of it being subjective. Like, I remember when we watched Prometheus for the show. Mm-hmm. And we revisited it. I'm assuming it was when Alien Covenant was coming out. I still have not seen it. Yeah. Um, but... I, I took a deep dive on research for that, and I came across all these videos of people trying to tell me why I just don't understand Prometheus. <laughs> and in my research for this, I felt very much the same way, where people were like, yeah, 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 you got to play it. Like, to, you know, you got to get like 40 hours in for it to really pay off. You have to finish the game to get the full experience. But if I've spent that much time playing the game, I, I don't know that whatever the ending is is going to be so satisfying that I'm going to be like, well, that was worth my time. That, that's But again, yeah. that's subjective. That's completely subjective. And I, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't have like a scale in which I can rate gameplay and things like that because I haven't played the game A. But also, I don't know, like my frustration level is, is clearly much smaller than, you know, where you'll stick with games where I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, throw in uh, Halo because I know how to play that game. Like, no, I, I think that, that's completely valid. I, I also do. F- I wonder if 
I wonder if the people, some of the people are saying this, and again, this is me generalizing, so I'm probably incorrect, that it's like, you got to give it this much time. It's almost like, A, they gave it that much time, so they want somebody else to feel the pain they went through. To get that's like, come on, just get to the end, you know, just finish, just finish it. We could talk about it. Or like, it's almost something, it's almost like a badge of honor to be like, well, did you, like, I got, I got through it. Why can't you? Like, it's just, yeah. I, there's a kind of, I, I don't know, like, but you're right. If it's something I'm not enjoying, which again, I've not played the game. However, watching enough reviews like that IGN review that I, I, I shared with you, I think was very thorough. I did a good job of uh, encapsulating what they thought about the game. And there's other reviews I've read that I feel like it's everyone's like a lot of wonderful ideas, a beautiful game. Like that's what you expect from Kojima is just a level of polish that's slick. And that game looks gorgeous. Um, but you also expect to get weird, which it does. Um, and you know, it's just—I just don't—I I just wonder along the way because since he was given like autonomy, if someone's like, you know, maybe this this whole like you need to do something more than just like, like they call it a walking simulator. I know that's trivializing and that's not accurate. I, I just I just feel like video games you got to get like as an art form, not an art form. That's not the right words. It would be it would be like a movie that starts off slow, has a really interesting like middle, and then it just goes right back to doing nothing at all in the third act. You'd be like, well, well, like though the narrative structure is not what we believe movies to be, would that still be a rewarding experience where it's like, Oh, I got so much in the middle. And then I just sit around for half hour waiting for things to wrap up. Well, I think, you know, when it comes to the idea of gameplay, I think that, you know, that's where, at least from my perspective, the game needs to, I don't want to say immediately, you know, grab the player, but that's not that's not even the right term I want to use. Um, so, for instance, like Cubert uh, is a bizarre game, <laughs> but like when you're playing it, you know how to do it, and yeah. you know there are things that are getting in your way, or you can accidentally jump off the cube, or you can you know be hit by a snake or whatever. Like those things are, are visible to you, but at least the gameplay, you understand the mechanics of the game. I am looking at it from a perspective of, like, if I've got to sit there and try and figure out how to work this controller for 10 hours just so that he doesn't drop crap, I'm going to be bored on my mind. Yeah. And you're lucky if I get that far, is, no, I it, guess, the point that I'm there should to be There should be a sense of progression. There should be a sense of, like, I, I, if like the, the thing that also pisses me off here is that some people are like, this is a new genre of game. I'm like, nope. Fetch quests have been around forever. This just this just has Norman Reedus in it. Um, so the idea of going from point A to point B and delivering objectives and doing things, that's not a new style of game. It's well, just it's just his take on it. Um, also, I think that as an art form, the one of the things that it has to accept is its responsibility is the way it interacts with the person who's playing it. You know, you don't have this type of interaction with pretty much any other medium. You know, a book is different than a movie because in a book you're imagining everything in your head. That's why people often prefer books to the movie when they see the movie versions of their favorite book. Yeah. Um, with this, there has to be something, a responsibility, I guess, of whoever's creating the game to make it manageable. And I don't want to say it has to be entertaining, but like you have to give the reason you have to give people playing the game a reason to keep playing other than it might get better. You're 10 hours in. Yeah. Well, there's the opinion piece I, I sent you as well, where the title said death stranding isn't very fun, but it would never needed to be. Uh, that's, you know, I know fun subjective term, right? 
and there has to be something you know that it keeps you going but i don't i think that's i think that's an easy way to dismiss it of like it's not fun well that wasn't its intent i i think kojima wants to create an experience i think he wants to create a memorable experience if like so there was a game put on purpose years ago by Penn and teller called desert bus where it was just you literally drive a, a bus in the desert and it goes forever and you have to go from one location to this other one I forget where it is but um the whole thing is that the, the bus actually pulls to the right the entire time. So if you just like set the controller down, it goes off the road slowly and then you have to wait for a tow truck to come and it will take you all the way back to the beginning. So the whole thing was just to test. It was the whole thing was a joke to oh, test yeah. tedium. And then, um, every so often, like a single bug will hit the windshield and then, uh, you'll get to the location and then you'll see like your score go up by one, like, but it takes hours hours yeah. to get there and then once you get there all it does is you turn around and go right back to where you came from and it's a straight shot the entire time and so they did this as a joke to see how long people play it and now there's these people that will host like um like charity parties to see how long they can play desert bus and they'll switch off with people <laughs> but it was purposely made just to be like how long can you put up with something that they just put the one thing of like, Oh, if you don't pay attention, you could suddenly just go off the road and then you get towed all the way back in like real time back to the station. And that's the game, right? This is not desert bus. Like that was purposely made just to annoy you. Yeah. But I don't like the notion of like, it was never meant to be fun. I, I think video games is a medium just like movies and books and everything else, they, they can have different intents and you can, you can come away with different experiences. Um, but there has to be a certain level of satisfaction in one way or another with it. And if people are defending the, that the gameplay loop is something serene, I guess I can't tell them they're wrong because it's what they enjoy. And I guess if they say it's worth it getting into the story, I guess I can't tell them it's wrong. I don't know. Like, I just, I think that this, this one feels weird to me because it's like, it just make an indie game, make it small budget. And then, you know, there's going to be a devoted fan base. This is coming out as like a, like um, planning a flag of like, we got a Kojima title and you walk around, deliver stuff. And I just think there's going to be a lot of unhappy kids come Christmas. Cause like the parents will be like, what's the hot game. Every game stop plays going to be death stranding. Good luck. By the way, no returns on open games. <laughs> you know, we'll give you still credit, you know, like, well, I mean, I guess that's also part of it is, is that your audience is so wide, you're going to get a lot of varied reactions. You know, I don't know, maybe a 10 year old kid playing this game. And I, I don't know if I'm sure there was probably a rating on the game since you see Norman Reedus' oh, it, it, ass, which yeah, I, it's, I feel it's like mature. every review that I watched sure. yeah. seemed to make sure that I knew uh, that either Monster was involved, Monster Energy Drink. Uh, they wanted to make sure that I knew that I could see Norman Reedus' ass, digital ass, if you will. Um, and that uh, you could opt out of the cutscenes. Yeah. Um, but there were certain times where there would be five of them in a row where you would try and get out, and then it would start another, another one. one. Yeah. And then another one. Yeah. And you know, so it. I I mean, how do how I I guess I I guess I can't land on some of this because I guess I'm a hypocrite because there are games that I have taken my time with and have enjoyed the experience and you know gameplay aside it's just this one just seems like it's a very tall order that if I had any inclination to check it out the barrier for entry in terms of the time committed to see anything paying off is so high for me that it's a non-starter. So alrighty, I'll I'll use an example 
if I had a Superman video game and it was like the game starts with you flying, but you've got to fly around the city for 10 hours before you encounter anything or do anything other than fly. I, I again, I'm probably out within the first <laughs> half hour. Like that's only going to take you so far. I think that the responsibility of the game company or the creators is to at least make it. I don't know. You have to take in consideration the way that you're, you know, you can you can say that about a movie. You can say, well, you just didn't get it. But with video games, I think that you have to take into consideration the people playing it. Well, because ultimately, uh, yeah, that, I think that's the point. I think, thank you for you know re- reframing this correctly, is that with a film, yes, that that is a vision that is something that you're you're sitting there and taking it in, and that is you know the people behind there are like this is what we want you to see. It is up to you how you want to interact with it, right? With a video game, it is like that, but they supposedly give you the freedom of choice to engage with it and do things in it. And because there is that, um, that false sense of projection of like, this is me as this Norman Reedus and his ass and drinking monster. Then I am doing something. I am taking my time to do this as opposed to sitting there and just letting something be shown to me. I think there's a different contract there with the, the game maker and the game player versus the filmmaker and the film watcher. Um, you know, cause I mean, Regardless, like films, they're not static, but they are one way in the sense of they're projecting to you and you get to choose how you want to deal with it. I guess you could deal with the video game a little bit, but you can't just be like, you know what? I, you know, I see where they're going for. I don't agree with it or it's just not going for me. You know, and then that film, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in the next five minutes. In a video game, it's like, you know, if I don't agree with this, it's like you still have to progress forward in some fashion mm-hmm. to keep going. So I think there's more of a of a relationship in that sense because you're actively participating supposedly in the outcome. Right. So that's, I think that's where my hang up is. Yeah. And it's, it is interesting, you know, cause you, when you pointed this out to me, you said, you know, the, the, the reviews have been very divisive and it is true, but I, I will say that like divisive in video games seems a lot different than it does in a lot of other mediums because like, a six out of ten was apparently like a bad review to me. Whereas, like, if I, if somebody tells me that a movie's a six out of ten, and I guess depending upon what I know about their taste in films, I'm only going to take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, but that seemed to be a very negative review in in the the video game world, at least. Um, yeah, which is I I understand because it's a higher dollar market. Um, you know, a movie you're paying. God willing, ten dollars at most for your ticket, but you know, um, a video game you're plunking down sixty dollars right out the gate. Well, even and but, you can't get that money back, unfortunately. So, um, I, it, it, the same thing. Like if a movie was a six, like like if it's like a Netflix original, that I'm like, eh, I'll check it out. And an hour and a half later, I'm like, eh, that was okay. And it's like, eh, I you know, all I did was spend an hour and a half of my time for it, and it was okay. Like it's a six or a seven, right? With a video game, it's like if it's a six and that you know there's already going to be a 20 to 30 hour commitment, I think that is higher where it's like, okay, there might be some people that really dig this, but for the most, you're going to be kind of like, you know, you got to consider it. I think that's the big difference. I will say that one of the things that came to mind for for me with this is, is uh, the film, the first Star Trek movie, The Motion Picture. 
for me, I, I, I like the term beautiful mess. Um, I believe that was a term that Tarantino used to describe another movie, and I stole it, and I was like, I really like that term to describe mm-hmm. a movie that I like, that I know other people don't like. Star Trek, the motion picture, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say it's a good movie, but I really like what's in that movie. Mm-hmm. It's a rewarding experience for me simply because I like Shatner. I like how every, like the ridiculousness of the idea, the the fact that it's two hours of them fl- flying through a cloud to get to, spoilers, a satellite. Like, oh, shit. It's so, you spoiled that. No, just, It's so off course it's space stranding in the sense of like how i was talking about how the black hole seems like such an odd choice if you're going to chase star wars mm-hmm. star trek the motion picture is absolutely you know paramount was like we got something that can go up against star wars great and then it's a two-hour existential movie about what it is to be to, to seek god or to seek your creator that kind of thing but again, it's not a great movie. I can't say to somebody like, sit down and watch the motion picture, yeah. it's gonna change your life. But I will say that to me, you know, this is the reverse side of that that argument. To me, I enjoy that movie just because of it's so batshit in a lot of ways and sort of up its own ass a lot of times with how important it is. And, and, and with the movies I, I, I can give it more leeway like that, I guess, if this, this is like um I'm just playing Devic No, 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 you're fair. Like the so I'm trying to think of like the last game I played that I like that like everyone else is like, really? Like that that game? Um and the only one that comes to mind, this is from a while ago. It was a game for the original Xbox called um uh what was it? Um Advent Rising that was supposed to be part of this playing trilogy. Like everything kind of fell apart. There's no sequels ever made. And the game had some issues mechanically, but it was the first first game I played that you know as you progressed you felt more and more like not Superman but like a badass like it's, it was a futuristic like space game or whatever but you could do like almost like Matrix level stuff in the game and I'm like I want to see what I can do next and I mm-hmm. really dug it and the story was interesting but the game had some polish issues and it was really clunky and I played all the way through because I liked it it never sold well for all those reasons I just said. So I, I, I get it to a point and, and I, I bring and I'm, I'm not going to try to um, crucify death stranding and I'm not going to be, and this is not the hell I'm going to die on. The reason I brought it to you, Steve, is because you're not a gamer in the sense of like a modern gamer and like with the new systems, um, you, like it makes it sound like you're like, you're that pong might take no, off. I mean, these days. I yeah. really am a, a dinosaur just watching some of the reviews. And I will say, and I realize this is, you know, uh, pot calling the kettle black but like every review i seem to stumble upon i could not find a woman anywhere like it was a lot of dudes like i'm like is, is there a woman who has any thoughts on this that's at all? also like, a problem in a lot of video game culture you know, and review culture yeah 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 um so that's fair um but again that's, it's that's, a, that's a valid comment right yeah, now, yeah but also like, we're the, those guys too uh if we're two guys that have you played the game yeah <laughs> um you're you're right. Uh, so, um, I, I, this isn't like I, this is just more of the idea of what is owed as the contract between uh, game maker and game player. Uh, like I like, like my wife Mary, she plays a lot of independent games that she finds on the 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 Valve's uh, service called Steam. Um, and they have, and Steam's a great platform for a lot of independent games to be made. It's not made, but like distributed. So there's a lot of experiences that she plays that she likes a lot that are unique little experiences. And I, that's great. I think that's wonderful. It's just, again, 
And I'm not saying if you, so I guess the hypocrite in me and what people would probably yell at me about is like, don't you bemoan that there's not big swings by movie studios, like a triple A film that is not a known property. And for, you know, for you to stick to check out and be challenged by and all that. I'm like, yes, I, you know, but I also feel like taking chances is important. Putting money behind good projects are important. I do feel like this is not a violation of the contract between game maker and player. I feel like it flexes it a little bit though. It does kind of, it does kind of take a lot of goodwill for someone to approach this. Um, and that's the part I guess is hanging up in my head. I just like, this is it. Like this is because forever he was so guarded about what the game actually was. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder if people knew what they were going for, like halfway through the production cycle, which I know games can change like anything, but it almost feels like he had this vision throughout and kept being really cryptic about it until the game came out. And then there was the embargo of like, here's your gameplay gameplay loop, you know, like, just that's the part that gets me about this is like you see all the babies in jars you see the norman rita stuff you see all the really weird bt uh beached thing alien stuff and the and the 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 landscape you see all that stuff and they don't tell you what you're doing yeah and a lot of the original gameplay trailers showed him walking around you're like okay what's showing the landscape it's showing you the game like it just people didn't know right and then it comes out and everyone's like oh (laughs) <laughs> I will say for as uh, layered and overly complicated as the game appears to at least me, somebody who is not of the current uh, uh, video game playing community, uh, it does have a little bit of a feel of, uh, you've seen the Dewey Cox story, right? Yes. Where he's trying to create the greatest song ever, <laughs> and he's just throwing things in there where he's like, I need didgeridoos, more didgeridoos. Yes, yes. Like, I feel like the, you know... The, the, He's the Brian. It's the Brian Wilson moment of like, yeah, Kojima's <laughs> like, I just, it, I the, the melody, it has to be perfect. It, like, right. It kind of feels like that, and I'm sure more he, bodily fluids. There needs to be more <laughs> bodily fluids. I'm sure he had a crazy amount of pressure on him, even though he'd broken away from Konami. Yeah, Did I get that right. Okay, um, Konami of Contra fame. If you remember yes. the Konami code, that's the same Konami. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that he had a lot of pressure on him, and I'm sure that. You know, there were probably decisions that he made where, like, I don't know, it seems weird. Throw it in there. Yeah. I, but, and if you go back to the Metal Gear games, he would do that kind of stuff, too. Um, and so th- this wasn't not expected, but I also feel like the shadow of Metal Gear was so huge that he needed to come out with something just like, this isn't Metal Gear. It's like, okay, but what is it? It's just, it's a really slow gear. I don't know, but it's just... I feel like it's I'm talking paper in circles. Boy. Remember the yeah, game? Y- paper yes, Boy? it is Paperboy. The part of the gameplay you didn't see here is where the lawnmower just comes out and starts attacking them. <laughs> That's what this is. This is just paper. This is the post-apocalyptic Paperboy game we did not know we had. Um, so I, I feel like I'm talking in circles. I feel like that's also very appropriate for a game that has repetitive tasks. Sure. People have described this game as not just like you. You hear something called side quests and fetch quests, meaning that they're always like branched off from the main story and everyone's like this is just one big fetch quest i have i have one last question yeah and this doesn't even really do with i mean it has to do with this game but it it has to do with video games in general so we've talked about i think with our alita battle angel uh conversation you know the whole uncanny valley you know um and people will immediately spark to like for instance um the grand moff tarkin recreation in rogue one yeah uh, as being unsightly, you know, unsightly and not working and things like that. Watching the fact that they they do these 
cutscenes with the actual actors. He's learning. They <laughs> they go so far as to cast Mads Mikkelsen. They cast Norman Reedus, Lindsay Wagner for some reason, yeah. which I thought was a really odd choice. Um, but I I guess I don't quite understand if you're going to go so far as to motion capture their performances. Why not just do a mini movie that isn't? How do I put this? Okay, so it's it's a Lucas version of a game where like it's all CGI backgrounds, but there's the real actors for your cutscenes. Instead of making it look like the Polar Express, where it's like, hey, it's Norm- it looks like Norman Reedus, but like he has a weird facial tick for some reason, and when he talks, it doesn't really feel like it's Norman Reedus, but it kind of does. Yeah. I, I don't understand that idea with video games. I understand that with the gameplay, trying to get it as realistic as possible. But then you have these things that you filmed with real actors. Why not just make those into mini-movies and make it more satisfying for the video game player to be like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'm actually watching Norman Reedus act. I'm watching Mads Mikkelsen give a performance. That, that's interesting. Uh, there was actually a game by, uh, oh, what was it, Quantum Realm last year or two years ago called, um, no, it's not the name of the studio. I'm sorry. The name of the game is called Quantum Break. I think it's Remedy. It's the studio. Anyway, neither here nor there. They actually, the, the hook of that was that you had your levels and, and the game was actually gameplay. And then the cutscenes were actually a live action TV show of what was going on between the levels that actually had the actors. And it was like this weird, like mixed media thing that, People were kind of like, like, well, why didn't they just do like cutscenes? It's like, no, they did an actual live TV show, not live, but you know, an actual produced TV show. Yeah, and it kind of fell flat. So I don't that know. That seems far more interesting to me. I, I get it. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I it's just, you're, you're, you're right in the sense that it has to cast this net, and there's an expectation, and there's a lot of different storytelling things that you find in video games that you don't find in other media, and like a well placed cutscene isn't a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes you want like that, just like with like like a comic where you have your big splash panel and then you want to have like a cool down moment. Like you, they're, they're, they're important. It's just Kojima, just like you just know. It's like um, it, actually um, one of the jokes for Metal Gear Solid 4 when it came out for the PlayStation 3. I know I gave a lot of numbers there. When it was initially installing on the system because it was such a, a like a huge down, not download, but loading the whole screen, it literally was like 10, 15 minutes of just the main character, Solid Snake, taking out one cigarette, lighting it, and then slowly smoking it until there was nothing left, and then pulling out another cigarette and smoking. And that's what that feel, that's what Kojima sometimes feels like. It's like, you guys are waiting for more stuff, aren't you? <laughs> Snake's going to smoke this entire pack of cigarettes before we get where we're going. Like, So, I, I don't know. I, I didn't really have like a laser-focused intent on this. I wanted the discussion... And if people like you don't play, maybe you don't play video games, check out. So the launch trailer for Death Stranding, which I had Steve watch, doesn't tell you a damn thing about the game other than Mads Mikkelsen was the main character until Norma Reedus showed up. Yeah. And then it's like, and there's whole thing of like, everybody's crying. I don't know why they're crying. And then it's like, (laughs) and it keeps getting weirder and weirder and weirder. You're like, I don't know what this is. And it's like, it's kind of cool. And then if you watch the reviews, like the gameplay reviews, you're like, huh? Like it just, there's just this whole big, like, well, that, it's it is both things I guess yeah. I just yeah so um, anyway so yeah I th- I just I'm sure I could keep talking about like just there's this this wall to get over and I'm using a lot of different movement metaphors unfortunately for a game that involves a lot of walking but um, yeah I don't know it's just this there's going to be another thing that's going to come out I'm sure it's going to challenge me gameplay wise and be like oh you know 
this is just the one right now. If you guys have opinions about the game, maybe you've played it. Maybe you're better than me. Maybe you've gotten past the town hour wall. Maybe you've gotten past 50 hours. Is it worth it? I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm not one to answer that question, but... Uh, well, Steve, for your for Christmas, I am buying you a PlayStation 4 with just Death Stranding. Oh, so, nice. Thanks. Kathy will be excited about that. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, that's going to do it for our discussion about Death Stranding-ish. Um, if you guys have opinions, and I'm sure everybody does, because it's it's a very divisive thing in terms of what this game is, please let us know on our Facebook. Uh, it's Invasion of the Podcast. Um, you can uh, find us on invasionofthepodcast.com. It's our blog. Uh, I recently put up my thoughts about going bananas. And it made you go bananas. Yeah, I did. Um, you can find it there. I'm going to add more stuff soon. I will add more Year Canon stuff. And you guys can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you find your podcast rate and review us. It would be greatly appreciated. And uh, Steve, how can people find you? You can find me at the Saturday Night Slasher.com on Instagram and Facebook under the Saturday Night Slasher. And uh, coming up here at the, uh, I believe it's the 20. 20- second of the month uh carolyn johns is doing their uh, holiday art show both myself and ryan cassandy will have pieces in there and i'm sure a friend of the show jeff ritchie will more than likely have a piece there too perfect all right so all right that's going to do it for the discussion and now we'll move on to our game uh, about planes trains and automobiles time to play the game time to play the game <laughs> And before we get into the actual game, I just want to mention that one of the one of the weapons of choice in a death stranding is you can throw your own pee and feces, I guess. I don't know what that means, but I don't know how I feel about in that game, but more games need that. That's not true. I just <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, so um, we had our Thanksgiving, sh- well, a Thanksgiving-esque show a couple weeks ago, and then we talked about Bloodsport. We did our Black Friday deals, um, but we one of the things for Thanksgiving that um, people do that i uh, it's tradition is people watch planes trains and automobiles the film it's one of the few like thanksgiving films that people like i i guess it's not true but like how many holiday films are there around thanksgiving that aren't just like completely sappy yeah it's interesting you say that because i have not seen that movies in years and i talk about watching it every year and then i just don't get around to it yeah uh, me too but so and i know a couple was it two years ago when i had a uh, girl on the show I, I challenged him a planes trains and automobiles uh game of basically this is uh trivia it's a uh, 30 questions they'll be fast one 10 with planes 10 with trains and 10 with automobiles and they're pop culture related so we'll see how you do here steve all right um so also the um the first part of it has multiple choice and then i uh stopped doing that for whatever reason as we went along it's almost as if it got really hard to come with multiple choice answers <laughs> so um uh, I'll, I'll let you well we'll start with planes all right so all right. uh what two actors have seen the wing walker on the twilight zone uh john lithgow mm-hmm. and william shatner that's correct all right see that one i'd actually have multiple choice but i figured you know it um give me one of the things that mccroskey picked up picked the wrong week to give up in the film airplane he did there's four things he forgot he said this is the wrong week i I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue there you go uh so it's to quit uh smoking to quit drinking to quit amphetamines and to quit sniffing glue that's i love airplane airplane's amazing yeah um we all know harrison ford was the president in air force one who was the vice president i'll i'll give you the actresses you tell me which one uh was gia davis uh ashley judd glenn close or betty white 
I'm going to say Glenn Close. You're right. I was really hoping you picked Betty White, though. That would have been amazing. <laughs> I'd watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, where was Kevin's family flying to in the first Home Alone film? Ooh. It's interesting you brought that up because uh, uh, they did the uh, the folks who do the toys that made us, which we've covered every season of so far, did it something called the movies that made us. Uh, one of the episodes is the is Home Alone, which I have not watched yet. Um, and uh, I feel like it's Minnesota. I don't know why. Well, it's kind of it's kind of like the Minnesota Europe. They were going to go to Paris, France. So is that where they were going in yeah. the, the first movie? Yeah. Where were they going in the second one? I don't know. Was it New York? Well, he got left in New, New York. York. I, don't, I, I thought that they I've were never going seen to like the second Paris one. I don't from know. New York. I, Maybe I, they're going to Minnesota because they're like Paris was just too. Because I know, feel like they're in the middle of nowhere, right? To, and she has to like ride back in a van with uh, John, John Candy. Candy. I, I let me verify. You, you uh, no, you're probably right. I just for whatever reason. I yeah. Okay. So uh, I think she does have to fly back from somewhere. So maybe that maybe uh, there was this big this big thing of like because it's the holidays and she kept like yeah, it's yeah. the whole thing. Um, so all right, uh, in Con Air, where does the actual Con Air plane? Where does it eventually land at? Like, what's its big big final moment? You know what? I saw that movie in the theater. Really liked it. I don't think I've seen it since. Okay. Um, the the only thing that ever comes to mind when I think of Con Air is a uh, Nick Nolte's uh, Long Locks. And I was like, he could play Superman. Look you at mean, that Superman mullet. You mean Nick Cage, not Nick Nolte. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say Nick Nolte? I'm sorry. Nick, That's great. Nick Cage. I want to see Nick Nolte now as the, <laughs> the lead of uh, Cameron Poe and uh, Con Air. Uh, and then the other thing that I think of is Dogma, because uh, uh, Jay has the line about Chris Rock's character when he comes oh, flying down yeah. the ground. <laughs> you think somebody threw him out of a plate like a Con, Con Air? Air? Yeah, it's funny. Um, um so yeah, uh, Washington D.C. Uh, they end up crashing the Las Vegas Strip. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. What was John? Um, oh, John. Shit. Uh, John Malkovich's character's name. Do you remember that? Was it Cyrus? Yeah, Cyrus the virus. There you go. Um, I remember that for some yeah, reason. Yeah. There you go. Um, who was Snoopy's aerial arch nemesis? Isn't it the Red Baron? It's the Red Baron. You're right. All right. Uh, what was Tim Robbins' call sign atop gun? I got some options for you. Uh, was it Gandalf? Was it Houdini? Was it Merlin? Or Merlin. was it? Oh, I didn't give you the fourth one. Sorry, it, the fourth one. I it, the Great Disappearo. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It, it is Merlin. I couldn't think of another wizard or like a magician. <laughs> like, <laughs> I knew uh, as soon as I heard yeah. heard it, I was like, oh, it's Merlin. What was the original name um, of Snakes on a Plane? What was the original uh, working? Well. It had the working title, Snakes on a Plane, but then it got changed to the more official title until Sam Jackson got on board uh, the plane with Snakes. Was it Venom, uh, Pacific Air Flight 121, Hysteria, or Slithering Skies? I'm pretty sure it's like Pacific Air 121. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah, um, which is weird because I know that Venom, not the... Marvel character, but I believe there was a snake movie of that. That was the original original title of the script was. Venom. Oh, was it? Yeah. I also feel like there was an '80s movie with that title as well about snakes. Probably. So. I mean, I'm I'm sure there was. Yeah. Um, what color is Wonder Woman's invisible plane? Is it uh is it eggshell white, crystal blue, frosted glass? What kind of stupid question is this? <laughs> I'm gonna go with what kind of stupid question is this? I just I caught you off guard for a second. You're like, what color is her invisible plane? 
I looked it up. I thought maybe there might be something out there. And I liked yeah. the Wikipedia article was like seen on was, um, very visible on this cover of Wonder Woman, whatever. And it was like, <laughs> I liked that the person added that comment. Um, all right. What was the name of the cargo plane service in the cartoon Tailspin? Do you remember Tailspin? Oh, man. So I got some, I got some options for you. Yeah. Here. Uh, is it uh, Just in Time, Fair Air Fair, Skies Unlimited, or Hire for Hire? Skies Unlimited? It's Hire for Hire. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know your maybe your Tailspin knowledge. Whatever. Uh, apparently yeah. it's lacking. Yeah. All right. Trains. All right. Um, this is We stopped with uh, the multiple choice, so I, I failed you here. Um, what was the name of the triple changer Decepticon that was both train and space shuttle? Astro Train. That's correct. Um, as opposed to Astro Glide. That'd be a really <laughs> weird name for a tra- Well, I mean, maybe not for a Transformer. Anyway, um, what is the name of the Dudley Do-Right villain that would tie people to railroad tracks? Oh, my God. I don't know that I've ever... I'm sure I've probably watched a Dudley Do-Right cartoon as a kid, but I have no idea. Snidely Whiplash. Wow. Yeah, I... I thought you would know that one. That's why I'm... Yeah, that's there. weird that I... I and the name sounds familiar. So, was he in the Laugh Olympics? Maybe. I, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Did you ever watch Laugh Olympics? I, I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I don't like. And I also watched Wacky Racers, and I couldn't tell you. Okay. Like, probably, though. Uh, name two of the four railroads of Monopoly Reading and R&R. Uh, reading's right. Oh, R&R is wrong? Yes. Um, reading Railroad. Wow. Um, I guess I don't know. Okay, reading is correct. Pennsylvania, B and O, B and O, and short line. Um, oh man, yeah. I thought you'd know that one too. That's why I said two as opposed to all four. Yeah, no, uh, that's fine. Right. I just completely <laughs> blanked after reading. Because you, you know, one of the keys to Monopoly is you got to get all four railroads because those are consistent money makers, and then you could break the rules and put hotels on them. You're not supposed to do that, but you know, you could make some big bank that way. That was the whole joke and Cheers. They're like they were playing uh, Monopoly, and Woody went to go put a house on a railroad, and they're like, they're like, Woody, you can't put a house on a railroad track. He's like, sure you can. We just do it back home, like this whole thing. Like, yeah, um, didn't last long. Um, all right, uh, who are the two leads in 1987's Throw Mama from the Train? Billy Crystal and Danny DeVito. Correct. Uh, what Ohio town did Gart Williams find that his train kept stopping at in this season one episode of The Twilight Zone? Oh, it's walking distance, right? No. No. Um, the train, the guy operating the train, he would always say the name of the, the, the town. Oh, and it's the um, name of the Willoughby. episode. Yeah, there you go. There you go. A stop in Willoughby. It's like, next stop, a Willoughby. Um you can see that my brain's kind of went Twilight Zone-y, too. So I'm like, hmm, I'm gonna, there might be some more Twilight Zone questions in here. All right. Uh, who directed the first episode of Amazing Stories, Ghost Train? That's Spielberg, isn't That's it? That's Steven Spielberg, yeah. I, my brain clearly went from one to the other there. <laughs> um, and then here's the next one. You're like, who voiced the salesman Lyle Landley in the Simpsons episode, Marge versus the Monorail? Oh, that's uh, that's uh, Phil Hartman. That's correct. I was going to have you name one of the towns that the, that he previously sold uh, monorails to. It's, um, oh wait, uh, I have to hear it in my head. I have to hear Phil Hartman in my head. Um, because they go to him. Marge goes to him to find the scientist, which is one of my favorite jokes. <laughs> uh, one, he stops off to get a haircut, and two. She tells uh, Homer that she he's she's with a scientist, and he's like, "Is it Batman?" She's like, "No, it's not Batman." And he's like, "Well, Batman's a scientist." She's like, "It's not Batman." <laughs> um, I don't have the name of the towns right now. I'd stop uh, maybe. Yeah. I know them too, and I, I, for whatever reason, my brain is stuck. Oh, okay. 
I feel like it's like I feel like one of them's like new. I'll look it up. Uh, merge. Uh, not for... new. Lo- oh, man. Ogdenville is one of them. You're probably right. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, Wikipedia. Let's see what it says here. Uh, I like like at the time they said it was one of the worst episodes, and it's like it's become one of the best episodes. And it was written by Conan O'Brien. I know that. Um, North Haverbrook. They yep. went to, and they don't mention Ogdenville here. That sounds right though, because it's part of the song, right? Like, yeah, yeah. What is it anyway? And no worries, but you, yes, you're you're right. Um, so oh, where we got? Where was I at? Is there are three towns that he mentioned? Yes. Um, what time was the train leaving the station for Yuma in this 1957 or 2012 Western? I'm going to say it was a uh, ten to three. <laughs> Three to ten. It's three ten. Yeah, oh, yeah. Three ten. Ten to three. Ten after three. Uh, yes, yeah, the three ten to Yuma. I knew that three yeah. and ten. I just were thought maybe the... you know that. Like, you're like the ten to three. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's the two fifty to Yuma. It's uh, it's the one before the three ten. Um, what wrestler? What WWF wrestler or WWE wrestler had the hoe train? <laughs> um. Oh man. I don't know that I know this. Um, I feel like is it Big Boss Man? No, it was the Godfather. He'd come out. He's dressed like a pimp, and he would uh, have his his oh, hose with him, man. and he'd be like, "All aboard the Ho Train!" Wow, you know? that yeah. is really, really uncomfortable. Yeah, it was pretty. It was. <laughs> yeah, it probably hasn't aged well, but it was a fun gimmick, and I I thought it was funny. Um, and I thought you would know who was the cap, the the engineer of the Ho Train. Yeah, uh, anyway. I apparently do not. Yeah. Um, what was the philosophical thought experiment that Cheedy posed to the Soul Squad in season two of oh, The Good Place? God, uh, it was a. Uh, there's a train heading somewhere, and you can either kill one person to save all of them, or oh god. Yeah, you're almost there. I'm almost there. <laughs> um, it's either kill the one worker on the tracks and save everyone else. Okay. Or let it do what it's going to do and yeah, save yourself. Yeah. So, um, but it wasn't a train. What was it? It wasn't a train. What well, was it? Tra- it's a train-like thing. That's why was it's it almost- a monorail. Wasn't a monorail. You're almost there. What a trolley. That's it. <laughs> Uh, it, it was the trolley problem. That was the name of the okay. episode and the, the, the philosophical thought experiment. And I, know, I just like that uh, Ted Danson keeps taking him through it and they just keep murdering people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm, I am caught up on The Good Place now, finally, too. Okay. So I um, I thought there was only one episode left and it turns out there's uh, like... They did a longer like, season, I guess. Yeah, there's like five left. I'm like, oh, good. Like, yeah. I need more. Because where uh, they ended this, I was like, there's one episode? That's what I was just like, what? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, if you guys have not watched Good Place, get on it. It's amazing. Um, you can just binge it like Steve and be done with it in like three days. Um, you know, th- it, it is one of those shows. It where takes like about ten hours for you to really get into it. Though. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta watch, watch the first three seasons. And yeah, then that's it, that's when it starts to really come to its own. No, it's it's a funny show from the get go. All right, uh, uh, last segment here. It is automobiles. What is the name of the mall that Marty initially travels through time at in Back to the Future? Well, it's Twin Pine Mall, and then it becomes Lone, Lone Pine Mall. Yeah. Lone Pine Mall, yes. Um, what does Wayne call Garth's car in Wayne's World? 
The Mirthmobile. That's also correct. What brand of beer is the Bandit tasked with getting from Texas to Georgia with twenty eight hour within twenty eight hours and smoking the Bandit? Oh my God! You know what? I don't think I've seen a smoking the Bandit since the eighties. Um, is it Lowenbrow? No, it's Coors. Oh, because it was illegal for whatever reason they couldn't be sold west of the, sorry east of the Mississippi at the time. So the main crux of this movie was: I bet you can't get this beer over there in time. He's like, bet you I can. Damn the cops! I need to sit down and watch those because that I, the move the year that came out. There's only one movie that made more money than Smoking the Bandit. What year was Smoking the Bandit? Was Whatever it, year Star Wars came out was it seventy seven? Yeah, it, okay. It, the only movie that made more than Smoking the Bandit was Star Wars. I, I have memories of watching that on TV with my my dad and my brother, but for whatever reason, I don't know that I've actually watched Smoking the Bandit since the eighties. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I just I just remember the car. I remember the I remember the outtakes with Dom DeLuise. Was it Nub No, that was Cannonball Run. Yeah. Yeah, that's Cannonball Run. All right. I'm get, yeah. I'm, all right, let's get done with this. All right. Um, what is the name of the auto parts brand that Tommy is heir to in Tommy Boy? Callahan. Yes. And and where is that uh, where's that factory based out of? Sandusky, Ohio. There we go. Perfect. Best part of that movie is when they have to take a plane to go to Cuyahoga Falls. <laughs> yeah. Like, She's on a plane to Cuyahoga Falls. She can drive there in an hour. Yeah. What is she doing? Yeah. Um, what did Will Ferrell and John C. Riley call their racing duo on Talladega Nights? Shake and bake. That's correct. Yeah, you For go. whatever reason, I, I kept thinking there's an analogy that I always love uh, where he's talking about uh, Japanese food and chocolate pudding. <laughs> so like, I always think of that first, and I'm it's like, like, that's it's not like, it. It goes together like... Peanut butter and naked ladies. Like, no, that's not. Like, you know. um, all right. Uh, Woody Harrelson's character of Tallahassee uh, from Zombieland would put what number on all his vehicles? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I feel like it's the Eliminator's number or whatever. Uh, okay. So you're talking about uh, Dale Earnhardt Dale Sr.? Yeah. That is correct. What is that number? Oh, man. It's not double zeros, right? That's no, not double zeros. 13 close it was the number three so oh, okay. i am impressed that you actually came up with the the nascar driver versus the number that's funny that you came up with uh yeah i mean uh i come from a family of uh you know uh mechanics and race fans uh and i turned out to be the odd duckling who well i mean and, and dale Earnhardt is just that guy that you know like everybody knows i mean if you had a passing like he was the, one of the best right so anyway yeah number three um Next question. What was the business name on the side of the dog grooming van in Dumb and Dumber? Mutt's Cuts. Yeah, Mutt Cuts. Yes, yes. Um, all right. And then um, who is the driving cat? Toonses. <laughs> <laughs> Toonses is the driving cat, kind of. You know, he always drives for a little bit and then immediately over the cliff. You know? I, I, I loved Toonses when I was... I, like that era of Saturday Night Live is kind of special to me because I think everybody who like discovers or watches Saturday Night Live uh, when they're a teenager, I think that always becomes your favorite era uh, because it's the most relevant to you. But like uh, I've recently talked about how my brother's been listening to the show. He's actually both impressed that both of us knew the little chocolate little donuts. 
um, Jim Belushi ad. But uh, God, I Tunes's. I would love whenever Tunes's would show up. There was never a bad Tunes's sketch. We'll no, they were just. But that's day. I loved it. It's like, oh, well, I, I like how they'd always show like the fake cat, and then they cut to like the real cat. I just thought it, it just was great. All right, uh, two more questions here. This next one, I, I will admit, is it's. I had to look it up, but maybe you know it. What was the name of the Griswold family car from the original Vacation film? Oh man, I was. It, it's it's it, it's. They made up a brand for it, like a Brandon model. Oh, then I I definitely don't know. The Wagon Queen family truckster is what they called it. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, I completely. Yeah. Yeah, I would have never gotten that. Um, and then number 10 here. In the film Starman, what does a yellow light mean? Yellow light means go very fast. That's correct. All right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Red means stop. Green means go. Yellow means go really fast. So, all right. Uh, I think I did pretty well, actually. I think you did, yeah. I think you did pretty well there. So, there you go. That was your uh, planes, trains, and uh, automobiles uh, related trivia. Next week, okay, so here, guys, December is going to get a little weird. Um just because it's the end of the year and everything's kind of crazy. I know last week we just had a year of Canon. Uh, next week, we're going to actually wrap up our year of Canon by talking about the film Cyborg, uh, which is another Jean-Claude Van Damme film. Along with a, an hour-long bonus where we rate every film. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Steve's going to then talk more about uh, how much he liked um, King Solomon's Minds. Uh, now, uh, so we're going to yeah, talk about 1989 Cyborg uh, and kind of wrap up our thoughts in your canon. I know I'm a couple blog posts behind, so there's more canon stuff coming. Is Cyborg 99? Really? Uh, 89, sorry. I meant to say 89. Okay, 89. I'm like, wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this. It has a interesting history of how it came to be. Uh, I have never actually seen the film. I just know of its pedigree. I have not seen it, seen so, it either. So this will be a fun one to to end the year on. So I hope you guys join us for that. And then what will happen is, so that will be next week. And then the week after that, uh, so the 20th is when The Rise of Skywalker comes out. Um we're not going to do a show on the 18th. We're going to actually wait until we all see Rise of Skywalker, and we'll record a show that weekend. So it should be the weekend before Christmas. We'll have uh, Jeff on the show uh, to talk about Rise of Skywalker, our thoughts and feelings, and that will do it for the year. We'll come back in January. It's not like you know, the second week of January, something like that. Not that anybody cares, but I like knowing when I listen to podcasts, like as opposed to did they run off a cliff with tunes and die? Like I, like, I want to know what's We're going on. We're taking a little bit of time off to yeah. enjoy the holidays, just to get the cannon out of our system. Like no, um, but yeah. So next week, um, cyborg, and then like a week and a half after that, rise of Skywalker, and then we're done for the year. So hope you guys enjoyed the discussion of the episode i know it was kind of a, a different topic but we always like try and go on a little different direction sometimes and then wander into the distance trying to stack all the topics on our back and not fall over for 10 hours at a time i'm pretty sure the video game companies are just trying to prepare us for the day when we're just all working for amazon anyway <laughs> yeah. if if that game actually had been like sponsored by amazon not monster it would have been like perfect i think that would have right. been great yeah so <laughs> Um, all right, that's going to do it for us this week. I uh, hope you guys have a good week, and uh, we'll see you next time and talking about some cyborg. <laughs>